This is The A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater, headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Fleischler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the Yay, and we invite all sorts of other folks, uh, theater folks, uh, to, if you want to sponsor the Yay, please do. And as always, we want to thank our consulting producer, Mallory Samara. Yeah. Who has uh, been helping us with our podcast. And we have a great guest, Joe Cascasan. Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This is an honor, I swear. Ah. No, we, I, I, I've had my eye on you, and uh, you've been fantastic. You've been a great presence at Bindlestiff, the Buddha print Bindlestiff, you know, <laughs> give the, the peace and calm and the comedy. I mean, you have been a director. You've been a writer. You've been an actor. You've done all sorts of things at Bindlestiff, and um, you happen to have a thing late night with Joe Kaskasan. I want to ask about that. Is that, oh, wow. <laughs> is that a sort of a, like, Stephen Colbert, like, late night talk show thing? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we, we did we did a couple um, of shows where our episodes of Late Night Joke Cast Casting, it was, uh, we try to make it like a infotainment type of an event where we have um, um, people that came from exposure trips to the Philippines, um, you know, with uh, that uh, spent time with some indigenous communities in Mindanao. And they would come into the show and basically just give the report back on on their experience and, um, you know, and certain struggles that some of the indigenous communities are facing um, um, back there. Wow. Wow. So so, so it's not just comedy, but it's it's serious stuff. It's, It's dealing with, you know, specific issues. Uh, well, I'm the host, so it's hardly any comedy, so. What? Oh, <laughs> I find that hard to believe. No, I, it, it was weird when they asked me because I'm, I, you know, I'm like, I make fun of like everything. Are you guys sure you guys want me hosting um, an event like this? And they said, yeah, because you know, obviously, I, I think I have a naturally inquisitive, you know, um, demeanor about me, and I like to ask a lot of questions. And I guess um, you know, the producers thought that uh, I'd, I'd make a great uh, host, and I'm very thankful for them. So you know, shout out to. Um, you know, Salang Pungang International, who were the producers, um, you know, um, special shout out to my homie, Rachel Lastimosa, um, you know, who made it all happen. Um, and it's a fun event. It was a great, those were, were, were great shows. I, you know, we had, like I said, that was very educational, very informative. Same time, we had some entertainment with, you know, some comedy. Um, we threw in some sketches in there and uh, we had a couple of live musical performances. Cool. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. more about that and more about, you know, what you've been doing, all the creative things you've been doing. As I uh, begin our podcast every week, Norman, how's your week? Crazy. It was a crazy ass week. I guess every week is, huh? No, I just um, I've had a lot of scheduling shuffles. We're in this weird COVID hybrid time. So even though I'm vaccinated, I still have to get tested every week. And I went to a different place and didn't get my test on time. So I could not work one day this week. Oh, goodness. But um, I also did, a, there's a modeling job that I end up doing once or twice a year, maybe. I think I actually haven't been there in about two years. Um, and I got to go there this week down in San Jose, which means because it's so far away, it pays, it pays. And I really end up working for about an hour. They pay me for three hours. I'm like, this is, I like this. This is good. So, you know, not all bad. And then also just generally the weather. 
you know, we are in, if I hadn't lived in the Bay Area as long as I have, this would depress the hell out of me. <laughs> this oh, no, gray, this overcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, but well, I know well, that that's a weather pattern. Like, it's going to be like this for a few days because we had some heat for a few days. and. Mm. Yeah, that's we're what's going to happen. We're spoiled. We're spoiled in the Bay Area. You know, we have, you know, great weather and it hasn't rained a lot. So a little well, we bit need of the rain. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. it would be nice. Uh, it's been confusing, you know, like, OK, CDC says that, hey, if you're vaccinated, don't wear the mask. Don't, you know, you, you're all good. Yeah. But of course, we're waiting for the California governor, Gavin Newsom and London Breed, because I'm still wearing a right. mask at work. And, you know, yep. there's still Same stores. Here. Yeah. So, I mean, Joe, I mean, how have you been? You've got like a mask on. <laughs> so you're ready I keep to keep the mask on. I think I'm going to keep the mask moving forward. I don't, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Um, so, you know, I'm less uh, at risk, but I, I kind of just like the mask. For one, it's kind of cold today, guys. So it actually keeps the face warm. I kind of like that, you know. Um, and, and to be honest with you, some mornings I forget to brush my teeth. And um, <laughs> this is like a good way to. You know, right? Underwear. What's that? Yeah, (laughs) I guess it also blocks bad breath if you have that. (laughs) Exactly. Not you specifically, Joe. Um, But yeah, no, I hear that. But I mean, just I mean, even at work. I mean, I'm wearing a mask at work, and I'm I I've told you, you know, I've mentioned in the other podcasts, I've had dreams of, oh my god, I forgot to wear the mask, and I'm afraid of some Karen pointing me out. Hey, you need to wear a mask. You know, that's the last thing I need. Yeah. Well, and it's weird. A friend and I just argued right before they Biden announced it, like the day before. Um, we got in a big argument about exactly this, you know, whether or not you're dangerous vaccinated. And it's like you got to realize vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get COVID. It just means you probably wouldn't end up in the hospital. You know, huge. Mm. You know, that's what that 90 something percent just means you're not going to end up in the hospital. That's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. You might feel like you have a cold or something. And Mm -hmm. I love that this German lady I know pointed out the virus is all around. It's here already. So it's not Mm -hmm. like the virus magically goes away. It's here. It just means we don't pass it on. It doesn't breed in us. It doesn't go on, hopefully. But we don't know. They're still learning since vaccination is so relatively new. They're still you know, they're still studying this. So, yeah, and, they're and also you don't know what percentage of the um, people don't aren't vaccinated yet. So yeah. I know I, I keep the mask on. My friend was arguing because, you know, I don't have to worry. I'm like, I'm not worried about getting sick. I'm worried about assholes who are not vaccinated walking around with no mask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's out of respect. You know, I can tell somebody, hey, I've been vaccinated, but how can I prove that? Even with the card, I can't really prove it because I can fake the card. I mean, that's mm. been another thing that's been going on. You know, people bringing on fake cards or whatever. So and right. there's, there's that, there's uh, that. And uh, also the Golden Globes. I mean, I'm not going to get too deep into current events, but the Golden Globes, that's been canceled. I mean, you know, we had uh, Tom. Was it Tom Cruise? No. I think it was Tom Cruise who gave back his Golden Globes. Yeah. As a former protest, because apparently there's not enough people of color in power for the Golden yeah. Globes. Even though they apparently had said that they were going to do something and they did a little bit, but even the people in the organization quit. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Not that I'm really, you know, I'm not broken up over it, but it's it's interesting how <laughs> cancel culture has, you know, has crept in. <clears throat> Also, uh, Twitter has a tip jar. Apparently, there's a, um, um, uh, a feature in Twitter where I guess you can ask for donations or whatever. So I got I to gotta check that out. 
on um, on Facebook. So we have a question from a Donald Avi Stewart. How do we feel about British black people playing roles that are historically essential to the black American experience, i.e. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah and Aaron Pierce in Underground Railroad? Right. Um, I mean, I'm sure the Philippine community goes to this all the well, time. Well, and King. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy who played King was British. Yeah. But I'm sure in the Asian community, like, Joe, how many times have you played a character that was not um, Filipino? Filipino. <laughs> um, that's, that wasn't Filipino or wasn't specifically? You're playing someone that is not your race. Oh, uh, quite often. I mean, I, I, I did some work for um, the production Chinese Whispers where I had to play, you know, a Chinese American. Actually, a few different Chinese Americans. Um, so that was kind of interesting do you i mean do you have any issues with it or do you think it's no big deal i mean um that's how do you feel about it uh gosh that's a that's a that's a that's a tough one i i i I think as an asian actor you know um you someone you know that looks very asian there aren't going to be a lot of roles or ethnicities that you could play other than your specific asian and then maybe a few other different types of Asian. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think it does make sense. And we've heard the same thing from, I think, I'm not sure if it was Lily Chung Crystal or someone else on the podcast who talked about it. It's like, hey, listen, you know, there's a role. And if you're respectful of the role and, you know, yeah. the the ethnicity and the culture behind it, then it should be fine. Uh, I haven't heard too many people say, hey, wait a minute. That's, you know, there was... This is a Chinese play, but those aren't Chinese yeah. actors, so that's a problem. Right. I haven't heard a lot of people say anything about uh, it. That, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely heard it. <laughs> yeah, but Norman, how do you feel about? I mean, British actors playing American actors. I mean, I see it all the time. I've even seen white actors, you know, playing American actors better than you know, um, right? American actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think if you got the talent, you should get the role. It's really more about what the producers and the director are choosing. Because as an actor, I mean, shoot, if I if I can get a role as Granny, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the check, and I'm gonna give you the best Granny I can give you. You know, <laughs> right. so I hate putting it on the actors because actors are just trying to work. It's yeah. people, and and is it respectful or not? I guess would be more the question in my mind. And I find it disrespectful, but again, I don't find that it's the actors being disrespectful because there are actors who've done amazing jobs. The guy who did King. I, you know, I can't complain about his work at all. It was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder if it takes. Well, I mean, if if I wonder if it takes roles away from American actors. I mean, if you of course auditioned. it does. Yeah, but you know, if you know, you go into the audition, and if you're given a shot, I call it the at bat. If you get an at bat to audition, and someone did better than you, you at least had the at bat. If you're never called in, then you know that that becomes another issue. In any case, with yeah. that, let's get into an origin story. Uh, I've been pronouncing your name wrong. Is Kaskasen? So there's a few. I, I've been told by different family members like how it, it's pronounced. Uh, like, for example, I think my dad had told me that, you know, the way it's pronounced is uh, uh, Kaskasen, right? Uh-huh. Kaskasen. And then I've had a cousin from the Philippines that told me, no, it's actually we, we pronounce it Kaskasen. 
Yeah, that's, what I, was, that's uh-huh. what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, and then, you know, me growing up in America where, you know, like my teachers growing up really couldn't pronounce it. I had to Americanize it for them and just say, just call me Cass Cass. And, you know, because it seems like it's easier for, you know, Americans just to, uh, to avoid it. But, you know, as I'm getting older and I'm trying to reclaim my my name, I honestly don't know which way is the right way to say it. If it's Cascasan or Cascasan, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, either one. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely your choice. But uh, you, you know, you've been fantastic. I mean, I remember uh, first working with you. Oh, thank you. Uh, we did st- uh, well. Stories high. We weren't on stage together, but uh, you know, um, just seeing you working both on stage and also off stage. I mean, we Norman and I were talking off mic that a lot of comedians, the people who are born, um, you know, just the ability to be funny. A lot of times they're very serious when they're not on stage. You know, they're mm. very focused. And we were even talking about I saw the um, the documentary of Abbott and Costello and how uh, Lou Costello, uh, the shorter guy, uh, although he was sort of the butt of all the jokes, he wrote all of the jokes and he sort of set everything up. And he nice. was really the talent behind it. And you remind me a little bit of that. I mean, there's very serious side of you. But on stage, you know, when you're on, you're, you're virtually on and um so in any case, can you talk to us about, I mean, um, where did you grow up? Did, were you born in the Philippines? I was. I was born in the Philippines. Uh, um, and I was born in, um, in uh, Manila. My mom's family is from Santa Rita, Pampanga, which is, I think, about three hours from Manila. And my dad is from the next province over from my mom in Bataan. And, and uh, yeah, we... I was born in the Philippines, but we migrated uh, to the U.S. when I was four years old. So, oh, so you, you don't have uh, any mem- do you have any memories of the Philippines? I, very, very little, very little. Um, I remember, I remember our homes. I remember our homes in Santa Rita and in Bataan and Bagak. Um, and I remember, I remember transportation. Interestingly enough, I remember the jeepney uh, jumping on and getting or jumping off or getting on to a jeepney and mm-hmm. a tricycle and like, you know, riding around in the tricycle. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, just very, very fun, you know, very, very, very light memories. I'm not, not too much. The, uh, the, my, I remember our immigration, uh, you know, when we actually, the plane ride from the Philippines uh, landing in SFO, I kind of remember that day pretty vividly. That's sort of your first time being on a plane, huh? Yeah, uh, actually, no. I, well, I think when I was when I was a baby, my mom used to fly to Guam from the Philippines to, to go see her sister. So I, I've been on a plane before. But um, as a kid, as a four year old, you know, migrating, like, I, I don't think I understood like the concept of like, immigration. I didn't know that we were actually moving away from home or from the Philippines and going to be living in a new you know, a new, a new country. It did, didn't click. It didn't click. You know, I just kind of want to, you know, as a four-year-old, you just kind of go along for the ride, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Schooling. No, I did that at nine. I, I definitely was like, wait a minute. So we're, we're not going back. <laughs> right, oh, exactly. that's right. Yeah. yeah. When you move from Indiana to, what was it? Southern California. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's funny because I had an, I have another podcast. I'm an American too, although it's dormant, but I've had individuals who are not born in America talk about their first schooling. As a matter of fact, Alan Coyne, when we had Alan Coyne on, uh, he talked about migrating from Ireland to the United States and how the schooling, it was a bit jarring for him going into a new school system. And also, but also Joe, did you know English at the time? I mean, um, 
you know what? I thought I did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it, interestingly enough, like I thought I spoke. I mean, obviously, my first languages were uh, probably Tagalog and another dialect called Kampampangan, um, which I totally lost. I can't, I can't even understand Kampampangan. I, I still speak a little bit of Tagalog. I sound really, I sound really bad speaking Tagalog, by the way, and I, I think I could understand it fluently. Um, huh. But growing when i went you know when i was when i first went to school fifth grade first grade they um put me in esl and which confused me because i thought i spoke english well enough but apparently i guess i didn't but it was really really temporary it was like maybe a year or two and then never really was put in esl again yeah hmm. do, do you have siblings joe I do. I have two younger sisters. Um, my my sister Bianca was one years old when we migrated, and my youngest wow. sister Vanessa was actually uh, born in Hayward. Right on. Yeah. Uh, how how did you get involved in uh, theater? I mean, were you like in uh, were you in uh, high school theater stuff? Not really. I didn't really get it. I liked I liked I liked a little theater. I liked sketch comedy. I was really you know I've always watched. I grew up watching. Um, SNL and in Living Color, and mm -hmm. I thought that that's I was like this is the funnest thing I, I, I see. It's like I, I was always highly entertained, and I never really thought like you know uh, as a Filipino immigrant that that would be possible for somebody like me until I came across uh, watching Alan Manalo and um, and uh, in Tongue in the Mood and watching and you know before you know Bindlestiff or the beginning Tongue of the Mood. Damn, that yeah. goes back. Yeah, and that, that's you know I was in I was a youth I was like in high school when I first saw them and um, mm -hmm. you know that I was blown away and very inspired by you know I that you know that I could I could get on stage or I could also be in a sketch comedy if I wanted to just but yeah they made it they made it feel that it was possible for me so shout out to uh, Alan Manalo and Tongue and Mood and all the OGs. Yeah, yeah, I we got to get Alan back on because uh, I um I, it you know when I first so when we did Stories High uh 2011 uh it was the first time that there was a, I guess that was the first time in the the new Bindlestiff space I guess 5th and um 5th and Market. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I've talked about this. We've had a bunch of uh Bindlestiffers on like uh Percy uh Asabal and um a bunch of others, a bunch, Aureen, <laughs> and they've talked about you know the experience of uh, just 2011 and being in the new space. And mm -hmm. I met Alan Manalo, and you know it was just fantastic. And um, I haven't seen him actually on stage acting or whatever, but it sounds like he was a um, a big uh, influence uh, on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he also he was also a comic, so he did stand up, and you right. know, and um, uh, at that time, you know, before Jokoy, you know, before. Um, you know, even Rex never read. It was it was Alan Manalo and Kevin Kamia were like they they made I, I you know I worshipped those guys. They were like I can't believe there's like Filipino Americans just like me that are uh, you know doing sketch comedy and are like doing stand up comedy. Yeah, did you study um, theater at all? I don't know if you went to um, post graduate or postgraduate education. I you know you know, when I after uh, watching when I was you know in high school seeing Tongue and Mood I did I ended up taking a couple of theater classes at my high school um, I couldn't really fit into that whole theater you know the high school theater community I just um, I don't know I, I was kind of a I was kind of a knucklehead growing up in high school so like um, the the theater there was like the theater clique had like their own you know vibe i guess and it wasn't really 
when <laughs> you know but unfortunately I, I wish i was a little bit more open-minded in high school um to to actually pursue it more in in college i took a couple of uh different acting classes at Ohlone College and in De Anza. Uh, but most of the training um, and experience that I've gotten from theater has been, you know, um, has been workshops at Binnelstiff and, you know, other local uh, theaters in the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'll bring Norman in. Um, you know, because we hear a lot of folks who are, they're intrigued by theater and they're brought in by theater, but there's, uh, there's an mm -hmm. element of theater that pushes people away where it gets into the academia or it gets into, <clears throat> well, we're going to do Shakespearean theater and we're going to yeah. read Stanislavski. And sometimes that can push people away. It's like, oh God, yeah. I have to go back into school. Do, do mm -hmm. you find that? I mean, do you find that there's a type of, I guess, theater training that actually alienates people, pushes people away. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel, I a hundred percent feel that way. Cause I don't, um, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I've taken like the proper training for, for certain, you know, techniques. Yeah. So it is, I, when I do go to a certain, you know, when I go to auditions, I, I feel very, very intimidated. Mm -hmm. But no, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, it's what I find is as, especially as an educator, um, I never wanted to teach theater because I feel like it's a it's an activity more than anything else. There are you know there are theories there's there's schools of thought and there are definitely styles genres, but um, and you can learn all that stuff. But ultimately, it's about wanting to be a performer and getting up and performing. And if you've got the desire to do that, if you've got the commitment, the rest of it just sort of happens. And so mm -hmm. I don't feel like you know, it's a, I, it's definitely a way where gatekeepers can choose who gets to be a part and who doesn't. But fortunately, there's so many different ways to approach it that you can go to someplace like Bendelstiff and you get in. Right. Yeah. And the cool thing about Bendelstiff is it's all very inclusive. It's not like, uh, it, it doesn't feel so prestigious that it's like, oh my God, you know, can I get in? Everyone can get in. We had a conversation right. with Ben Couch, who is a, um, um, oh, yeah. you, remember, you remember Ben? Um, yeah, yeah, the British, English, British guy. British yeah, guy. English guy. Yeah. yeah, and you know one of the, and we've had him on our podcast, and he talked about how it felt wonderful him being a, a gay British guy wanting to come into a culture, uh, you know, a a theater uh, area that really didn't. Um, he, it wasn't part of his culture, but Ben Stiff brought him in and allowed him to do things that he, you know, couldn't do anywhere else. So that's one of the great things about Bendel Stiff. And I think the best, the best directors and the best at, uh, people that I've worked with in theater, they don't push down your talent. They don't tell you what you can't do. Mm -hmm. They try to enhance what you can do. They, you know, they try to bring out the best in you. So if you do have, you know, let's say a bubbling personality, then they're like, okay, let's enhance it. Um, and it's one of the unfortunate things about, you know, some sort of academia where, you're told, no, that's not the proper thing. Everything that you've ever learned, just push it away. Just wipe yeah. it out. And I'm going to teach you, you know, the proper way of doing it. It's right. like you're Lawrence of, uh, you know, Lawrence of Olivia or something <laughs> like that, which is crazy. Um, but you also, um, so um, what was your first, it sounds like your first experience, whether it be theater or just being on stage, was it Bendelstiff? Is that true? Uh, on stage? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I did a. Uh, I think on stage. Oh no, no, no! I got it. So um, 
I remember now um, because I got uh-huh. into theater in you know late in high school into college. Um, have you guys heard of PCNs? Are you guys familiar with PCNs? No, no. Tell us about so, it. Uh, PCNs are it's, it's it's for every college. Most colleges in the Bay Area and in California, uh, PCNs are is a Filipino culture night, and in those in those nights they would have mostly um you know traditional dances you know um and they would have like a play or a sketch and i did and you know most co- you know all the colleges filipino clubs had their yearly pcns and we when i was in high school uh me and my buddy dennis were asked to perform at Aloni's <laughs> um pcn because they knew that we were trying to get into acting and we got cast so that was my first acting gig it was uh i uh, it was NC Paso because NC Paso stood for Northern California Filipino Collegiate something I can't remember, but it's like a, a network of all the other junior colleges or smaller colleges that that weren't big enough to have enough members to do like a big PCN. And Ohlone was was obviously one of the schools being a junior college, and they had a uh, Filipino culture night, and I got to uh, act, and that was my first acting gig. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool, and, you, and sounds like you enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. It was. I, I think uh, now that I remember, I, I kind of, I miss. I kind of miss like, I miss that. I miss that time. I miss those times because I, you know, I was kind of like dumb, not really knowing what to do, but it was just kind of experimenting with stuff, and it, it was like the, it was a comedy, and it was the first time I heard people laugh uh, with me, and it, it, I think I got addicted to that. Uh. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I mean, I think about because, you know, as as an actor, you know, you have your resume and you have uh, the experiences that you have and you just go into an audition and, you know, you're either cast or not cast. But as far as a stand up comedian, I wouldn't even know how to break into the medium. I mean, I guess you'd have to just find some sort of a club or whatever. I mean, is do you would you consider yourself a stand up comedian more than anything, Joe? I mean, have you done stand up comedy? No, I definitely don't. Like I, I've dabbled in it, and I, I just don't think I'm that good <laughs> at it. Uh. I think the best stand-up comedians are like the best writers, and I, I, I don't really consider myself a really good writer. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're just dumbing down your, you know, your expertise. No, <laughs> I say stand-up is hard. Like uh, it's, it's. I think it's. Yeah, stand-up's hard. I, I prefer. I, I like sketch comedy a lot better. Or I like, you know, or doing comedic plays a lot better. Um, or acting, but stand-up comedy, I think, is is one is one of the tougher um, art forms out there. I think. I think it's the toughest. I mean, uh, I think Norman and I, you and I were talking about comedy. You would think the drama would be very, very uh, serious. I mean, pardon the pun, but uh, would be the more difficult thing. But comedy because you have to be on all the time i mean you have to you know you're basically feeding off of the the audience making people mm-hmm. laugh and, and things like that and it's a very very t- have you found that to be true norman i'm sure you've been in a couple of comedies i i never i always if somebody asks me what i'm doing i i say i i am an actor i'm an actor so i'm an actor if the script calls for comedy that's what i am but i'm not a comedian and i don't even think of myself as a comic actor um it's i trust the script and the director (laughs) there are people and i think joe is one who just has a natural sense of you know that um i don't know the way to approach something that just gives us that extra little it gives you the laugh it gives you the smile you recognize 
what that character's going through, or you hear the character raising a question or a doubt in a way that is funny, that is, you know, you, you can appreciate it. For me, I'm just trusting the material. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, the really the only time that I think I've done a uh, comedy. We did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. That was a couple of years ago with uh, Mara, Mara Sotelo, uh, another Philippine actress. Mm -hmm. And um, they were just and luckily it was sort of a, uh, a farce. It was one of these uh, very wacky um, everything. You know, everyone has a bit and everyone is doing things. And we're doing madcap, you know, chasing people around or whatever. It reminds me back to turn of the century sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember the script. I really didn't have a lot of lines in the script. I was just a cop. You know, I'm supposed to arrest or, you know, find out what was going on. And throughout the rehearsal process, I was like, okay, let me see where I can find a couple of bits or things that I can do. And I, I think that's sort of the, the art of, um, I guess, you know, good comedy is just, you know, discovering, you know, what's, what can I fit in? What can I not fit in? Um, but we were talking, we were talking earlier about, you, you know, you referenced, um, I, I, thinking Laurel and Hardy, I referenced that, um, Abbott and Costello. Yeah. But Joe, do you find that, um, that you connect with somebody when you start to have to create those bits on stage? Oh, I love that. Those, that's like my favorite improv when you have like a really, um, you have an improv partner. Or yeah. just either or a, an acting partner who is down to ad lib or you know to improv during a scene. Um, those are fun. Those are like my. Those are that's like what I cherish the most. I think out of a uh, of my experiences in theater because there's really nothing like it. And when you're, I guess you could compare it to musicians that are jamming. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not. You know, really uh, strong musician, but uh, you know, but. I find that the that the the those experiences, the spontaneity of like improv imp, improvising or, and doing some really great work with the with the scene partner um, is is really really cool. Yeah, it really is like jazz. You know, you're. It is right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're feeding off. Um, now you've also directed. I mean, you've also done things not just on stage, but you've directed in Bendelstiff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And a question for you too, Norman. You mentioned that you, you only consider yourself an actor, but I actually know you as a director. Do you not consider yourself a director either? No, I'm still directing. No, I meant in terms of approaching comedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, okay. that's where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not a comedian. So no, no, no. I'm totally, I'm enjoying directing. In fact, you know, I've got stuff coming up now. I've got uh, the next uh, Best of Playground is happening. Um, nice. So that'll be coming up in not too long, a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, but how would you, I, how I would enjoy, you go ahead? Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy directing. I think um, it, it I thought it was going to be a tough transition from from acting and sketch comedy, but I thought I found I found it a very very smooth transition. Like I kind of I kind of like it. I really like it. I like um, I like helping actors get there. Um, I like um, breaking down you know scripts and um. Yeah, I, I I enjoy the process, and plus, you don't have to be there every night performing anymore, so which is kind of cool. Right, that's right. After right? when opening night hits, that's it. Your job is yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. We had I don't know, Norman, if you remember, we had um, Craig Souza on. This is a, one of the earliest episodes we had, and he mm -hmm. was directing. And there was a funny bit. I think it was one of um, Scott Munson's plays. Um, I can't remember the play, but in any case, it was a comedy bit. 
And and um, Craig Souza was having a hard time with one actor who just wasn't getting it. The line was funny. The direction, you know, I guess was funny. But the actor just didn't understand the joke. And right. so he had to bring in Susan Evans to sort of, you know, I guess, loosen up the actor or whatever. I guess the question for Joe, when it comes to directing, I mean, have you dealt with um, dealing with an individual and they uh, I guess they're not getting it or you're because uh, you have to communicate different ways with different actors. So. Um, have you had to deal with, uh, let's say, actors who they just aren't getting it at all? Um, yeah, there's one actor that I, that that just comes to mind, um, and it's really unfortunate because he's like a good friend of mine. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to mention names. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it's, I have a I have a friend that I, I've uh, you know from the theater that I've cast a couple times, and you know he'll he'll make fun of me of like you know my directing choices and and things like that so he's a little, sometimes he's a little uh hesitant to, to go along with some of my direction which we kind of just go back and forth on like for example i like to add uh choreography or you know movement in 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 my in in pieces that i direct and uh you know i i he, he'll give me a hard time about having to do that but i don't know speaking of movement uh norman the uh one of the fav- one of my favorite things that I've watched in the last few years was um, um, the one that you did for Ubuntu a few years ago, Death Death of a Salesman. Oh, Death of a Salesman! Yeah, the movement yeah, was, was incredible. The movement was incredible. That inspires me. Like how I the how you, the the director or the choreographer comes up with that that process can. How did that work? That was did, director, did it... not choreographer. And so what we did is um, very much, uh, if you know the artist Magritte, Rene Magritte, a uh, French um, surrealist. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's actually technically Dada, but, you know, they're, they're the same thing. These absurd sort of um, images. So he was very much known for the bowler hat and the pipe and uh, clouds, blue skies with clouds floating through um, and mixing those images together in a kind of absurd way, we decided we would pull some of that in. The basic notion was that Willie Loman is losing his mind, that he's in the early stages of dementia. So the whole play is he can't distinguish between what is present and what is memory. Mm. So I think the the way the play is traditionally done is it's more like you kind of know that these thoughts, these memories are popping up in his world but it's a little more seamless the way the play is written. We decided right. in, uh, to focus on that. And so we had the, all, the whole ensemble in trench coats and hats, uh, fedoras, yeah. and uh, yeah. light working with constantly to get these light bulbs to work right. And that was, and umbrellas. <laughs> we had the whole mix. And it, yeah. was, um, and it was neat the way we would literally swirl around the stage and it wasn't choreo- it wasn't choreography in the sense of somebody like figuring out like you would with a piece of music. It was much more yeah. how can we make this transition work? How can we help the audience go on this journey through this man's mind by having these figures moving around? It's very distracting, but it was yeah. intentionally distracting. It was intentionally saying it's hard for him to stay focused in a scene because in his mind all this stuff is going around. Yeah, I love I love any kind of ensemble work. I love that kind of work. Get the group to work together. And I as a director, I love torturing people with it. I'll have an idea (laughs) in my mind 
And I'm like, I don't care if you really understand right, you know, right off the bat, I don't need you to understand what I'm asking you to do. As it develops, I love seeing that light bulb go off for the actors. Mm. And then once they've got it, it's solid and it's and it's great. And then, you know, that's exactly the experience the audience is going to have. They're going to go, what are they doing? Yeah. What's that about? And then yeah. bam, it comes together. Yeah. yeah, it was so harmonious, the move, that movement and the way that the transition happened. What is, is there a specific technique, like technical technique that is called, is, is that viewpoints? I, um, I, I hear viewpoints. Viewpoints is used in it, but um, even viewpoints, if you break viewpoints down, it's a bunch of simple techniques applied right. to modern stage. That's really all it is. I got you. And I'm sure the stage has a lot to do with it as well, because every state, every, um, every venue is different. Like you can have oh, yeah, a right. senior stage. Um, when we did Foreman in Paris at the DMT, you know, you had to work with the um, the the bottom area as well as you know the the vast stage, but also the black box theater. One of the cool things about Bendelstip is you have an audience which is both you know front and to the I think to the right or right yeah yeah or to the left. So that's interesting. I mean, you know, Joe, I'm sure when you have to deal with, deal with blocking as a director in Bendelstip, you have to make sure the actors are facing both you know both sides of the, of the audience. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of, it's it's weird. Bendelstip's kind of weird where like center stage or the best seat would be that um, the center would be like right where that, well, I don't even know what that's called, like the alley, not the alley, but like the in-between parts to either uh, to the seats on the right or the, to the seats on the left. Yeah, yeah, that's the corner. And actually, I guess it's the per perfect spot if the actor is facing that corner. The audience can right. see both sides of the, in the, in the individual. <laughs> You all right, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you call it? Um, how was that process? Well, well, you directed that, right, Reg? The, no, uh, no, no, no. I've movie? never directed before in my life. Uh, You've never no, directed? Oh, really? No, no not. No, Alan, Alan Casmorio. Alan Casmorio did that. Um, oh, that's that was right. tip jar, yeah. Um, and then, Norman, who directed um, The Death of a Salesman? Uh, that's uh, Michael Moran. He runs the, uh, they were Ubuntu, Ubuntu, and now they are Oakland Theater Project. Oh, okay. And they've got, I got to make sure I have that information up. Yeah. They've got a couple of uh, projects that, that are happening. Um, are you doing any more work with them? or? I have not. I would like to, um, you know, during COVID, even before COVID, a lot of theater companies end up wrestling with whether or not they can use union actors, so... Yeah. Oh, one, gotcha. we'll one, one last question for you, Joe, because uh, I know you have to go. Um, where do you see yourself in the future? I mean, where do you what do you want to do? Do you want to do more? Um, do you want to do um, film television? Do you want to do YouTube videos? W where do you see yourself? Uh, I, I really miss theater. I think this year has like has um, really made me realize like how much I love the space. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I, I just I miss being in the space. I kind of I'm what my, 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 the, my favorite part. Of, uh, of theater and the whole process and, and I think this is why I like uh, directing so much is like my favorite part of the process is or the rehearsal processes the, oh, yeah. the, the show yeah the, the show is, is fun you know especially you know for the performers and, and whatnot but like I, I enjoy the, uh, the rehearsal process of trying to you know um, uh, coming up with the choices and you know and getting that creativity going 
Um, but sorry, that's but the question was, where do I see myself? I want to get back in the space, however I can. I'd like to continue directing. You know, if there's any opportunities out there that uh, come across, would love to take a look into it. And same thing with acting. I haven't auditioned in, in a in a while, obviously, but I'm not a really big fan of like Zoom theater. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, I think most people are just done with it. We're 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 ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be tricky. Um, you know, it's I'm not ready to go into a small space either, yeah, even though with the vaccination, yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a little more comfortable. But even then, I feel like until we know we're all out of the woods, I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm hoping people will do some site specific stuff. That's awesome. that would make me thrilled. Yeah, outdoor maybe. Outdoors, obvious. And you just have to pick your space. We have so many gorgeous spaces. It's not just about being in a park, which you can do. And mm -hmm. there are shows that lend themselves to that. But there are also so many specific structures around here. You know, if you went up into the a lot of the uh, the coast, uh, the cliffs um, in San Francisco, there are those bunkers and things like that where you can put an audience up above or put the audience down below and you can play up on the walls you can have everybody's space. There's plenty of fresh air. So there are all kinds of ways to do it. You just have to pick yeah, where you sure. want to do it and how you want to do it. And then we have to get, you've got to get the official, you have, you know, whoever, whatever agency, authority agency there is, you have to get them to sign off on it. Because like right now I'm supposed to, we just had a meeting about a summer workshop that I do for high school students and mm -hmm. do it under the National Park Service. So mm. even though the president just said, oh, yeah, we're opening everything up, that hasn't trickled down through the bureaucracy yet. National yeah. Park Service is saying nobody has told us what we're doing yet. So yeah. we're still keeping it limited numbers and you can't come in. Mm. You can't have an audience. You can't do a show. Yeah, I'm hearing that yeah. our June 15th one may maybe be the deadline if you know the numbers are down. But I want to be respectful of people's time. And Joe, I know you have to go. So thank you so much. Birthdays, shout outs birthdays I, last week didn't have anything this week is a long list i'll skip the ones i think you have uh gwyneth richards Ooh, that's messed up gwyneth richards is um an older actress in the bay area has been doing it for a long time um jonathan specter i met him on a selection committee for the bay area playwrights festival and then he turned out he was a playwright and elizabeth carter was actually on one of his shows i got to go to new york about a year or so ago a couple years ago i guess now um yeah yes it was uh jam Probst, another playwright bay area uh, connected to uh uh playground uh robert Cassippi is actually a um film maker and i got to do a, a piece with him i would love to do another uh colin hussey i'll leave that one for you <laughs> kayla kaufman uh i was gonna leave that one for you That's but okay. kayla kaufman was a young woman we had on the yay didn't we ever on the end? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. At the end of our directing thing. Yes. Um, John Patrick Moore, one of my proudest casting moments in Bay Area Theater. I went and I saw a show at Shotgun. And I was like, that guy would be really good in the play we're doing. So I ended up casting him in the next play I'm doing. First play I directed for Oakland Public Theater. Um, the people from Central Works come and they see him. They cast him in their show. And he's done almost more. He's done shows than almost any other actor that they've worked with besides Jan. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that I got to make that connection. Uh, Liz Lyle. I never know how to pronounce her last name, but she is a major figure at Shotgun Players. Uh, Josh. 
I'm not going to finish that one because, you know, I got another Josh. Josh Kornbluth um, is uh, somebody who uh, back in the 80s, uh, mid 80s, there was a big solo movement across the country. Lots of solo performance. He kind of came up through that and has continued doing it and actually hosts his own little TV show, I think, on KQED. Um, Mary Alice Fry is a Bay Area producer. Uh, she does Footloose Productions, and she does all kinds of things. Dance, performance. She puts together all kinds of amazing shows. Um, Brian Rivera, somebody that we had on the Yay. Um, one of the heroes, I think, of um, Bay Area Theater, because it's nice to see somebody get to go do a show in L.A. and then come back. Uh, Renata Brat is somebody that I actually... Only found out recently. We went to high school together, and she was um, she's a musician, and she was in the pit in the musicals that we did in high school. I didn't know that until just recently, like within the last year or so. Uh, Michelle Carter, another Bay Area playwright. Uh, Jessica Height um, is somebody who, I don't know if she's director, I would guess, but I met, knew her as somebody who helped run things at the Magic Theater. Um, Kristen Lemkuler has been the production manager at the place i work up in richmond the east bay center for the performing arts but she works with all kinds of folks she's been amazing and she's great at site specific stuff a uh, couple more claudia martinez a bay area actress and last one i've got on my list is wendy belden um bay area playwright and she wrote run perfectly still the play that i first play that i got to direct for oakland public theater those are mine for the week and I'll go through mine real quickly. C.J. Strickland, we know him as Curtis Manning. He was yeah. our James Baldwin, and he won a—I um, forget the, what the award is—that um, that, uh, Plethos. Uh, but in case his birthday is was the 16th, it will be tomorrow, 16th. Also, Joshua Flores, you say that for me. Uh, he was yeah. our um, oh shucks, um, uh, Francois. Informant in Paris. His birthday is on the 18th. You mentioned Mary Aras Fly. Um, also, Theo Black. He's a, um, a guy who's done a bunch of work at uh, Central Works. Great actor. Uh, he will be 42 on May the 18th. That's uh, oh. three days from now. Uh, I don't have a uh, Ronnie Marcos, who is a another uh, ex Bendel stiffer. His birthday is on the 20th. He'll be 35 years old. Um, and I have one last one, actually two. Um, those are ex um, people who have graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Eve Moaning, birthday is May the twentieth, and Taro Alexander. Uh, his father, Robert Alexander, ran. Um, oh shucks, um, my my brain is gone. But it's a it's a theater in Washington D.C. Oh, case, Taro, okay. uh, his he'll be forty nine years old May the twenty first. That is it. Uh, let's do shows. Uh, well, Neighborhood Stories is this weekend. I know you've got the link for it, but I wanted to mention that Anne Yumi Kabari is going to be one of the performers. It'll be in El Cerrito um, next couple of weeks. And I'm doing a couple of things with Playground. Um, a week from Monday on the 24th, I'll be part of a panel they're doing, Playground and the American Theater. Um, and so that'll be coming up at 7 o'clock, and I will send you the link for that. And... Um, and I'm directing a piece for Playground, Best of Playground 25. And that'll be just two performances, May 29th and 30th at 7 o'clock. And then uh, the last thing, and I'm sorry, I don't mean these to all be mine, but they just happen to be things I'm doing. It's okay. Pimpy. Play Cafe, I'm presenting, um, I'll be doing a talk um, for playwrights. Uh, you wrote your play, now meet your director. And that'll be on June 6th at 4 o'clock. 
So I will put all that in the chat for you, the links for you. All right. And I'll be uh, real quick. There are only a couple of shows. Um, Sapiens uh, Playground is doing that May the 22nd and 23rd. Katya Rivera is directing the show. She was our, on our show, episode 168 of the A. So check that out. Um, one night, the last night of... Um, well, Bay Area Short Film Festival, No Quiero Verte. Uh, Deborah Cortez is in the film. Oh, cool. Uh, we mentioned uh, Best of Playground. Uh, Love, Loss, and What I Wore. That is uh, the last night is tonight, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Eko Yamamoto is in that play. Oh, That's, nice. Uh, Montalvo Arts. And wow. uh, we've, talked about, we've talked about Shoot Me When, written by Ruben Grijalva. That is still streaming. And that's um, SF Playhouse, SF Playhouse. Is, yeah. is, uh, is hosting that. And uh, Stories High Workshop uh, 2021. Um, Conrad Panganaban is doing uh, the thing on playwriting. Renabeth Apostol is doing a thing on acting. And Liling Ao is doing a thing on directing. So if you still want to sign up and learn, uh, bimstiff.org will have the link to that. There are a bunch of others, but I'll save that later. Joe, did you enjoy yourself today? I did. Thank you so much for having me. This, this was really fun. I, since you guys are doing birthday shout outs, can I give a really quick yeah, birthday please, shout out to, uh, uh, to my mom, Bernadette Cascassen. Uh, her birthday was on the 12th. Well, that's Yay! The yeah. And then so uh, my, Mother's Day. It is. It is. And then my partner, uh, Lindsay, is her birthday is on the 16th, which is tomorrow. So Right on. Fantastic. Cool. Happy yeah. birthday, ladies. Well, Perfect Joe, sure. thank, I'm so glad that you came on, and uh, I wish we had a little bit more time, but that's okay. Well, I think we got a lot in, and people, you know, get yeah. to know you. Uh, are there any anything new that you're doing, or you know, any you know? Yeah, you I'm, mention, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking a break uh, when with from all the Zoom stuff. I need a couple like months to reset and hopefully get back <laughs> uh, into real life. But we'll see. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything. Um, yeah, to promote right now, though. Yeah. Well, if you do in the future, because you know we, we you know we we pump people, you know, even if they're not on the show. Uh, so let us know, you know, if, you, if anything pops up. We want we want sure. people to know, you know, the greatness of of Joe Kaskaskin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yay. So, uh, folks, you're probably watching this on YouTube. If you are, please like and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up and write in your comments uh, what you like and what you don't like and what you want us to focus on. Uh, if you're listening to this on the regular podcast app, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. We're on that purple podcast app on the iPhone and iPad. If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and you can find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Joe, are you on uh, social media? I am. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Joe.Cass. Uh, that's D-O-T. Uh, so it's J-O-E-D-O-T-C-A-S. Oh, funny, funny, funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, in that's Instagram? <laughs> That's my Instagram, yes. Okay. Are you on Twitter at all? Uh, I'm not on Twitter. Okay. Twitter's becoming an old thing. I think that's because... It's old that's, folks. Yeah, it's old yeah. folks. So, hey. All righty. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say... We gotta, we gotta find, find a better sign-off. Sign and we are <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs>